Welcome to the Sunrise Podcast with Dr. M.M. Amakaro. We hope you enjoy it. Precious Father, we worship you and so magnifies you. We thank you for another beautiful day, a gift. Because it's a gift from you, you act no so. What a privilege to approach your throne of grace. What a privilege that is guaranteed that we will obtain mercy. For you say, come boldly, that you may obtain and find grace to help you in times of need. Thank you for giving us your word. What a delight to approach your word. What an expectation we carry in our hearts that you will yet speak. You will comfort our hearts. You will yet speak. You grant us direction. You will yet speak. And this will be our preservation. You will yet speak. This will be a lamp to our feet. This will be a shield of our help. This will be the sword of our triumph. We thank you, Holy Father, for your word is sufficient. Because your word is you, your voice, your power, your dominion. We exalt you, Holy Father, for the privilege that we have to access your word and to pray by your word, which is by your will. Open the eyes of our minds, O oh God, to know that which we have to hear today and to know and to understand. We pray for our loved ones. We thank you for preserving our loved ones. We thank you for your covenant-keeping God, for you recall your covenant, you recall your promises, you recall that indeed there is nothing we ask in the name of Jesus. There's nothing we ask with faith in our heart, knowing that you have heard us that we will not receive when it's according to your will. We surrender to your will today. Say, have your way, Holy Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 8, it says, Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages. Amen. So there is an acceptable time and there is a day of salvation. And there is a promise of help when that time comes. And when that day arrives, does it mean that God is not helping every day, is not saving every day? But there are certain expectations in our heart that we carry, and we pray to God. And especially when we have marked it that, oh, if should God hear me, this will be a milestone. And then we pray, we always carry it on our list, and pray to God, say, when will God hear? When will God do this? And sometimes it seems seem that it's tiring. And we, have, we seem to have exercised patience. And sometimes you get to your wit's end. What more can you do? You have prayed, you have fasted, you have waited, you have sacrificed, you're saving God. And he said, having been delivered, that you will save him. So now you have saved him. You have, you know, 
Sometimes it happens. Most times it happens like that. And then you find in his word, him saying, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people. This passage, if you really look at it, that you, I will, I will preserve you. That you is capital you, referring to as a prophecy concerning Christ and all. But now we are in Christ. And that covenant, the covenant of the blood, the covenant is, is with us. So this is speaking to us as well. And then if we go further, um, in the same Isaiah chapter 49, this time in verse 18, it says, Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break out into singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. So is he continuing to say, I will hear you, and I will, and that day of salvation will come. I will help you. And he goes on to say, sing and be joyful and break out. For I have comforted you and will have mercy on you. So today we want to say that God recalls, his, God doesn't forget. The fact that God is, it seems to us that is tiring, that is long in coming, he does not forget. It doesn't mean that that thing is not before him. He has his appointable time. He has his day of salvation. And that day, he has already helped you. And when he says sing, it means believe that he will come. Believe that you have received. Now, on hindsight, after we know from our testimonies, if we will recall some of our testimonies, that when he seemed that God did not hear us, when it seemed that it was so long in coming, eventually something happens. God visits us at the time that is acceptable to him, that time that he says, this is the day of your salvation. And when we look back, we begin to thank him for having not come earlier. Because what we have now obtained, having waited, when we look and we wonder, if it had been at that time, how would it have been? Would it, would it have been this near perfect? Or thank God that he tarried, he delayed, he seemed like he ignored me. If God had answered me at that time, oh, what a terrible thing it would have turned out to be. If God had given me exactly what I asked for, at the time I asked for it, and the way and manner I asked for it, my God, is it of course collateral damage. If we are honest, we look back and we begin to thank God for his silence in the time that he was silent. Because we see now, we begin to follow the trajectory. We begin to follow the course of events and we begin to thank God. Father, I thank you. I know definitely times in my life, the things I have asked for, if God had obliged and given me a permissive will. Now, now, I've looked back and said, God, how would I have managed this kind of thing? So that is what we're saying. That God, when he says this is acceptable time, it means that it's going to be his perfect will. 
when he says this is the day of salvation, it means that that day indeed had been recorded and all that needed to be done had been done. So whatever comes to you is going to be perfect. If it comes and it's like, oh, something is going to, oh, it's really not, know that God is in it. He's guiding you somewhere. He's the foundation of that which you have gotten. He came as answers to his prayers, and you were diligent enough to have patience, to wait, to praise him, to break into sing and all. Eventually he came and you testified. It is of God to preserve it and to preserve you enjoying it. So if we go to Genesis chapter 8, you see the story of Noah. And we can paraphrase knowing that God was he, it was God that, you know, asked Noah to prepare that ark. And Noah, having prepared that ark, nobody else except his family, I'm sure he was a laughing stock. They had never seen rain before and he's telling them it's going to rain and all that. And he took his time, prepared the act according to dimension, according to specification. And eventually, God asked him to get into the ark. Then the Lord asked Noah to come into the ark, himself and his household, because God has seen Noah found grace. God counted him to be righteous in those days when the generation, generation of that time was really wicked. And God had given him, you know, instructions of who to, what and what and how to arrange the animals, male and female, in twos, and then bring them according to the types of animals into the ark. That's not where we are going to today. So his wife and his sons, wives, all of them went into the ark. And the Bible records that it is God who shut the door of the ark. It's amazing when I discovered this thing. It was God and then released the rain, released the rain and the flood, the, the one that came from underneath the earth. Flood was on the earth 40 days. Waters increased and lifted up the ark and it rose above the edge. You can imagine that it was tossing. You can imagine and I know that it was settled. It was on the flood. The waters prevailed, greatly increased. The ark moved about on the surface of the earth. The waters prevailed exceedingly, became greater and greater. And all the high hills underneath the whole heaven were covered. Can you imagine? And you had only this family and the animals in the ark. For over a month, 40 good days, the water went unabated. Everything on the surface of the earth died. The birds, the cattle, the beasts, every creeping thing that crept on the earth, everything died. Anything that had breath, so they were all destroyed. And the waters continued to prevail on the earth 150 days. Can you imagine? It came on stop for 40 days and continued to prevail. And don't forget, they were shut up. So they didn't even know what was happening outside. But they knew the one on the surface of the water. The hills, everything, you know, had been covered. God. And we see here in Genesis chapter 8, the Bible says, Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. 
And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. Amen. We shared this yesterday. When the Bible records God remembered Noah, does it mean that God had forgotten Noah? It's like when we read, anytime we read, and the Bible says, and God recalled his covenant to Abraham. Does it mean that he was, he had forgotten his covenant? And God recalled his promises. Does it mean he forgot? No. He just had marked the acceptable day and had marked the day of salvation and had marked the day that he would boom his voice. He would stretch his hand and to tell you that, look, you are engraved in the palms of my hand. I did not forget you. And we can recall that even in this Isaiah that we read, a time came when Jacob said, oh, you have forgotten me. Jacob said that to God. He said, oh, and God has, he said, no. A woman can forget the child that she bore, a suckling child, but I will always remember you. God said it. I can never forget you, my own covenant child. Special, you came to me through Christ. How would I forget you? So, and we see that when the Bible says, and God remembered Noah, and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark, God began a process. He sent the wind, and the wind blew on the surface of the waters. And the Bible records that the fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped. In other words, he first plucked where the flood was coming from. He first plucked where the rains came from. Don't forget that the Bible has said he had unstopped the heaven and he had unplugged underneath. So it was the fountain of the earth was unplugged for water to come from underneath the earth and it was raining from the heavens. So the first thing that God did was he stopped the source. He blocked that source. But in plugging that source, does it mean that the waters that were already released and that the Bible describes that these waters prevailed on the earth, that the hills were totally covered. So in stopping the flow of the water and the rains that came down and the fountains that were shooting from underneath the earth, does that mean that the ark had landed safely? No. But does that mean that God was not in the process of bringing them out safely? No. Sometimes it's like that in our lives. When we pray to God and we pray, it seems that God has not heard us. God heard. He heard. And he had begun. In, 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 we can recall in Daniel, when Daniel prayed, having discovered from the book that captivity was supposed to be only 70 years, and 70 years had passed, and he read from the book, and he said, no, we should have been out of captivity. And he prayed. Remember, that the Bible records when he was wandering, oh, he's been praying and he's been praying and he's been praying. 20, he was praying. God sent an angel to tell him, he said, from the first day you prayed, I heard you. But what happened? Forces came to resist the prayer. Forces came to resist the prayer. So the forces there were, you know, some satanic agent coming to block and Eventually, God had to send, you know, help from heaven. Read in that account, it was Angel Michael. And sometimes it can be like that. 
that when we prayed and we prayed, we still need to pray some more. Because heaven has to intervene in a way. Even Jesus said to his disciples, this time commit not but through fasting and prayer. You could have just said it once, but you must fast and you must pray. And you must not give up. You must continue to pray. So in different scenarios, different things, depending on how the Holy Spirit leads us and how God reveals to us. But what we are saying today is that when we pray and God answers us, it may not just be miraculously immediately we see. Yes, it could be so. God is able to do everything and anything. But sometimes God takes us through the processive of the answer so that once the answer comes full force, then we see the perfection of the beauty of God. And we can learn that in the story of Noah. How that, although God had stopped the rains, blocked the windows of heaven, releasing the rains from heaven, and, and the water started receding, it took some time. He said, at the end of the 150 days, the waters decreased. It took 150 days. The waters kept decreasing. The waters kept decreasing. And the Bible says in chapter, chapter 8, verse 4, he said, then the ark rested on the seventh month, the 17th day of the month on the mountains of Ararat. So it, so it came a time that the ark that was tossing up and down eventually rested so that tossing which means the water had receded gradually and receded for 150 days eventually the ark that was floating was able to land you see the stages sometimes you saw in our lives we pray to god we ask god and god has said yes i have remembered you but there are certain things that heaven because of the perfection of God's love for us, heaven has to ensure that those things are in place. And if we are not patient, we begin to throw tantrums. Like I say, tantrums. Oh, why me? Why is God not answering my prayer? Oh, look, the other person has a testimony. We prayed at the same time. Why is God, you know, everybody's testifying. I am not testifying. He said, it's a day of salvation. That is why we wait. He said, say, keep confessing. Do not waver in your confession of hope. Remember we said that. Don't waver in your confession of hope. And hope is based on, you know, faith. That he that promised, he that promised will not fail. And we say that the strength of hope is the infallibility of God. The strength of hope is the faithfulness of God. And the source of hope is faith that he will do what he says he will do. So we see Noah. Now, when God shot him in that ark, it was to preserve him. When the waters came and, you know, tossed, it was not so comfortable, I'm sure. And then they have landed. Now the first thing would have been they want to run out. We can liken down to the lockdown. Everybody wants to run out. Everybody's tired. We see countries that are carrying placards and all that. But we thank God that God has preserved us. And we thank God that God has a plan and a purpose. And we thank God that we are not going to just throw ourselves out and move so carelessly. 
We thank God that we are in communion with the Holy Spirit. God's perfect timing. He's our guide. He knows when he says, you, okay, go. You, like, remember that we said that the persons who will prosper in these times are persons who will be led by the Spirit. See, as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Persons who will prosper in this time are persons who will be truly sheep to the shepherd. Because he knows where the green pastures are. He knows where the pitfalls are. He knows how to direct us. So we see the patience of Noah. The lessons I really take from this Noah is that so the, the ark landed and yet he still had to remain in the ark for God to perfect everything that God said. And we see that even though the water receded, he still remained. And the Bible says, so it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. You see, instead of going out, just rushing out without guidance, he sent out the raven. That one went to and fro, and the Bible records that he never returned. And then he sent the gentle dove. What was he looking for? A sign from God. A sign of life. A sign that it was okay. A sign that indeed the sun has risen again. A sign that this was the acceptable time. This was the perfect will of God. And then the Bible now says, he said, after he sent out the dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground, he said, but the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. And she returned into the earth to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. There were still waters. It was not time to come out. So the dove went back. That was a sign. That was an answer. Is it safe to come out? That was a sign. That was an answer. Is it safe to embark on this journey? That was a sign. That was an answer. Is it safe to invest in this business? That was a sign. What is the Holy Spirit speaking back to us? Have we heard from the Holy Spirit? Having asked, have we heard? Having asked, it was okay. Have we heard? Having asked if that partnership was okay, have we heard? Having asked if that relationship was okay, have we heard? Is it okay to land our feet? Is it okay to jump full swing into it? Is it okay to open our doors? In every aspect of our lives, there are things that we are blinded to. And it's only the Holy Spirit who searches the mind of God, who sees the end from the beginning. It is only the Holy Spirit that sees the end, that knows. And the Bible says that he has given the Holy Spirit as a referee to us. That peace of God that guards our hearts as we are children of God, that is a sign that indeed that anxiety, because if we have the Holy Spirit and we pray, we are looking for a certain thing we want to move, we lose, we lose that peace. Some of us, when we trust and force ourselves through that peace, we always meet what we never bargained for. And we recall that, oh, I wish I had listened to that still small voice. We keep saying it. So here, this is like saying, listen to that still small voice. Commune with the Holy Spirit. Now we are sheep. Remember, we accepted that we will be our shepherd. 
It was the green pastures. He knows where the still waters. We don't want to run now into torrent water. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. We shall not want for direction. We shall not want for wisdom. Say, he has given us the Holy Spirit, our helper. He searches the mind of God to know the will of God and to tell us. So when we ask the Holy Spirit, do we wait? It's like this do. Go and see if it is safe for us to come up. Yes, the ark has landed, but is it safe for us to come up? Is it safe for me to plunge into that thing? Is it safe for me to go this direction? Is it, this is the lamp to our feet. This is the light to our path. This is the light. This is the light. Illuminates everywhere. Illuminates where the pitfalls are. But only if we listen that he has his acceptable time. He has his day of salvation. And the path of that salvation. So we see here, he said, the dove did not find any resting place. So he came back. So the dove came back, returned to the ark. For the waters were on the, there was still danger. Yeah, the ark had landed, but there was still danger. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited yet another seven days. Patience. Patience. He waited. Patience. May God teach us patience. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And the patience that is the true patience in this is the one that we really surrender and rest while we wait. It's not the one that we are trashing up and down and asking God why they delay, why I look at the other person. I should have been doing this by now. Oh, I have lost time. No. He took him, brought in the dove, and, and he waited another seven days. And again, he sent the dove out from the earth. Then the Bible records the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. Amen. Olive leaf. When you wave an olive branch, even during the war, what is it? Peace. Conflict is over. Peace. So the dove came back. We liken this dove to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes back with an answer of peace. And you are really at peace. You know that this is in line with the will of God. That indeed, that salvation, the day of salvation is now. Indeed, this is the enterprise that God is saying going. This is that relationship. This is how it should be. That peace of God just rules your heart. That anxiety is taken away. That is what we are seeing here. The, the dove came back with the flesh, the freshly plucked olive leaf in his mouth. And no one knew. Amen. We must know for sure that this is the will of God. We must seek to know for sure. The Bible records say, and no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth. So he waited. Did he say, yet another seven days? Oh my God. Now I'm waiting to plan. What am I going to do when I go? This marriage that now God has given me the go ahead. This relationship, okay, now I'm fine. There's peace. So what next? Father, what next? He waited yet another seven days. He's communing with the shepherd. You choose for me what I should do next. You inspire me what should I do next. What wisdom do I need to go? We can learn this from Nehemiah. Nehemiah, even after he went before the king and obtained that mercy, and the king looked at him and said, so why are you sad? Why is your countenance sad? What's the problem? Doors were open to Nehemiah to ask. And truly, he had planned. He had prepared. He said, oh, why would I be happy? Look, the walls of my father's, you know, Jerusalem is fallen. And then he said, so what do you need? He went on to say, oh, I want to go three days journey. I need this. I need a letter 
so I can safely pass the timber and everything that he needed. And then when he got into Jerusalem, the Bible did not say he went there and announced himself. Oh, I've come to build a wall. You see, in the night, he went out by himself to survey the world, to survey where the damage is. And in survey, he was being strategic. Oh, so this is the extent of the damage. So what do I need to restore? How am I going to go? Before he called others, he went by himself. He said only his animal was in him. The donkey that he had, whether it was a, you know, whatever it is he rode on. He surveyed it as we don't take time. We just rush, yeah, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. We go on, you know, impulse. No. See what Noah did. The Holy Spirit gave the go ahead. Yes, it is safe. Another seven days. What was he doing in those seven days? He was planning how to come out. Don't forget they had been there. Forty days. The rain. It was unabated. They were floating. Now they have landed. Now he has seen that everywhere is dried. Now it's okay for him to go. But he waited again. Waiting on the Lord to tell him strategically. How do I go? Where do I go? Don't forget every other thing on the face of the earth. God had destroyed. This is now the only human beings now, according to the Bible. So how do I come out? What's the first thing I would do when I come out? And we see it. The Bible records here. So he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, which did not return again to him anymore. In other words, the dove has found a place to rest. The dove knows there's food for the dove to eat. The dove can fly everywhere the dove wants to fly. So it is safe. I can now go. And the Bible says, and it came to pass in the 651st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the face of the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed, the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried. Amen. Amen. And so we see, we can know exactly. See, then God spoke to Noah saying, go out. You see, the instruction to step out was from God. The same God who put him there and locked him in. God said to Noah, go out. You and your wife and your sons and your daughter's wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all the flesh, of all flesh that is with you. Beds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth. And be fruitful and multiply on the earth. God now gave another instruction. Be fruitful. That blessing return. The original blessing. That be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. God spoke into his life. The blessing was released to go with him. Amen. So Noah went out. Who was the shepherd here? It was God himself. Who gave the instructions? It was God himself. And see obedience. Say Noah went out. And we see what Noah did. Then Noah built an altar. That was the first assignment. Remember we said, he's delivered us. In being delivered, we will save him. So we see that Noah was in tune with God throughout the entire process. We didn't see any rattling. We didn't see any fretting. We saw total trust and submission. We didn't see any hurrying. It is difficult sometimes. But we thank God for the Holy Spirit and for grace when we truly trust God. So we see here, the first assignment that Noah does is to sacrifice. And God sees the sacrifice. And God 
you know, is so delighted. He smelt it and it was sweet. And then God blessed the earth. He said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. And through this obedience, now we can stand on this promise as if as long as there is seed time, we have sown, harvest must come to us because this earth is still in existence. Father, recall your covenant. So we want to thank God that looking at Noah, we can even use Noah as a lens, God's faithfulness to Noah, God's instructions to Noah, God's guidance, and Noah's meekness to relax in God's guidance, to relax in God's guidance, not to hurry off the face of God without hearing from God. So we can use this lens and look at these times. Say, Father God, it is very precarious out there. Father God, the economy is opening up. Father God, the restrictions are being loosened. Father God, it's still precarious out there. But you know to guide my feet. You know to help me to know how to open my business. You know to help me to know exactly what to do. I will depend on you because I cannot, in fact, the outline of these times is still hazy. Nobody knows. But Father, I worship you. I exalt you. You were faithful to Noah, and I see. I will wait on you, and please cause me to hear you. Let me hear you clear, that I take a step forward. Jehovah, it will be you guiding. Let every step I take be to your praise and glory. Let every step I take be an investment in my worship of you. Let everything give you glory. Help me not to run off and leave the spirit behind. Help me, Lord. We can pray this prayer to affect every area of our lives, every single area of our lives, even in the little things that we do. It helps always. It always gives me comfort to say, Holy Spirit, help me. I am totally lost. Without you, I will make a wrong turn. Help me. And then you relax knowing that the Holy Spirit, that is what he was given to you to do. He's, he's always so excited when he sees our helplessness. Father, I thank you. Let this word of God provide guide for us. Let this word of God, when we look at Noah, give us that patience. Give us that sound mind. Give us that stability to know that you are with us. And when you are with us, we, are, we have light and we are light. We will not put one foot wrong. Help us. This indeed is your acceptable time. This is your day of salvation. You said in that time that is acceptable, you will preserve us. Preserve us in every turn that we take. Preserve our loved ones. Preserve our country. Help us, Holy Father. Blessed be your name. That we will always return with testimonies to say, indeed, this is what the Lord has done. Having delivered us, receive grace. That every move that we make, it will be to your glory and praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed.